Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. With Jesse and Anita. Yep. We are back. This is a spiritual warfare show. And um, a lot to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And we are glad to be with you. Yes, family. Yeah. Uh, we love, uh, we, we can't wait till Friday uh, because of TGIF. Thank God I'm forgiven. forgiven. Yes. That's right. Yes, and it brings in the weekend. That's right. And uh, there's plenty of things to do in the weekend, but the most important thing to do is go to Holy Mass. And we should be preparing to go to Holy Mass on Sunday every, throughout the week. That's right. And that should be something um, on your to-do list as far as studying them, reading the the readings of, of the Sunday Mass. So yeah, what, you can prepare your hearts. Something important for the Catholic is that our whole week should mm. be focused on Sunday Mass. Right. Not Sunday Mass work around our schedule. That's right. not the way Mm-mm. it works. No. Our schedule needs to work around Sunday Mass. God God takes priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, we're, we should be thinking what time we're going to go to Mass and, yeah. um, and how we're going to dress. That's, that's right. That's important too. Yeah. Modesty. But anyways, let's get back. Well, let's uh, get we, back into it here. Yes. Uh, what this month is the month of September is, and it's devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows, my favorite feast day. And uh, Our Lady's feast day was yesterday, and that's when we celebrated it. And you can um, pray the prayers of uh, Our Lady of Sorrows, uh, the Sabbat Mater. So Our Lady of Sorrows is a devotion given to us by Saint Bridget of Sweden. And during this month devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows, we are invited to console the sorrowful heart of Mary and unite our suffering to hers. And by doing so, receive beautiful graces of consolation and strength. So Liber Crystal teaches that it is helpful to do a novena to Our Lady of Sorrows, asking her to reveal any sins, vices, or generational spirits that may be plaguing a person or family line. According to the church's tradition, because Our Lady went through different sorrows, she merited different things. One of the things she merited while standing beneath the cross was the ability to reveal hidden things, and she knows them more than anyone else in heaven, uh, except, uh, yeah, except, for God. except for God, because of her closeness to him. Our Lady is the one to go to for secret knowledge. And you yourself, a sword of sorrow, it says in Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 35, it says, And you yourself, a sword, will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That's, that's where that theology that's a, comes from. From the secret knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Mary's mm-hmm. heart's mystically pierced, mm-hmm. and that now gives her the power to reveal the thoughts of many hearts. That's why, again, Father Ripperger says, Ninety Novena to Our Lady of Sorrows, she will reveal to you the sins that are plaguing your family. And when is the and the Lord reveals to Saint Simeon, you know, that's a presentation uh, when uh, Jesus uh, uh, when Simeon is uh, present is when Jesus presented in the temple. If there's something that you need to know that's hidden, you go to her specifically under the title of Our Lady of Sorrows and she will reveal it to you. She can give graces to reveal the roots to these problems since her heart was pierced so that ours would be exposed. I like the fact that um, the last two days, first we started with the exaltation of the cross, 
which Mary is there at during the crucifixion. She's right there with with uh, the beloved John, St. John, and Mary Magdalene. And then the next day we have Our Lady of Sorrows, a feast of Our Lady, that what we celebrate. That's right. Just some, just some beautiful readings. And today we have two pretty amazing saints, uh, yeah. St. Saint, uh, Saint Cornelius and St. Cyprian. They were... Uh, they were martyrs in the early church. Pray for us. Yes, yes we need a lot of prayers. Yep. <laughs> hey, something that's coming up in uh, 2023, it doesn't surprise me. Yep, they're at it again. Yeah, they're at it again. They, the, the left never sleeps. The, nope. the, the diabolical left mm. never sleeps. Mm-hmm. What am I talking about? About a... Uh, about seven or eight months ago. Yeah, January. Yeah, the temple of Satan, the, the Satanic Temple came to Scottsdale, Arizona, and they held a conference at a hotel, the Saguaro Hotel, for three days. They have they gave all kinds of filthy talks. They were doing ritual consecrations to Satan. Mm-hmm. They were having orgies. It was just it was horrible. You could you could actually yeah. see demonic. The, <laughs> you could see the list of the activities. It was on the internet. Well, guess what? It was not a one and done thing. Now they're going to go this next year. The, sat- the Satanic Temples Satan Con or Satan Conference is going to be held in Boston, two thousand twenty-three, and uh, it's in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be in April. Why they want to be in the snow? I guess. <laughs> yeah, so it's cold for them. So the Salem-based organization. SatanCon 2023 is Catholics just mm-hmm. just heads up. It's going to Boston, your neck of the woods. Yep. With the theme being Hex and Knock. Hex and Knock. That's that means or that's a, that's a German way of saying Witches Night. Mm. So that's the theme yes. of next year's conference. Witches Night. Mm. Witches and Satanists are bedfellows. Yeah. So this is a German holiday that occurs on April 30th and is similar to Halloween. Mm-hmm. The Satanic Temple said the weekend will include talks about efforts to protect members' reproductive rights. And, <laughs> what does that uh, yeah, mean? They're aligned, with, they're aligned with the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. Promote addiction recovery. Well, that's mm-hmm. a good thing. And build support for the group's after school club. Yeah, they want to teach our kids about Satan, Satan. Mm-hmm. after school. There will also be vendors, entertainment, and a keynote presentation by their high priest, Lucian Greaves, co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Yeah, he's the one. And yep. others, they've said things like abortion is a, is, a, is a satanic right. Yep. So the website says this. So they're not even hiding it. The website says, a weekend of blasphemy and remembrance in Boston. That's right in the website. Wow. Wow. And the... The Satanic Temple, which opened its first official headquarters in court, headquarters in Salem in uh, 2016. Jeez. So there you go, Salem, Massachusetts. And its members don't view Satan as an evil figure, but as one who dared question authority. And I don't believe uh, that. I think they're lying. When yeah, you, when absolutely you, yeah, they, they are. Say, oh, yeah. we don't believe in a real Satan. We just see the mythical yeah. figure. We like the fact that he rebelled mm-hmm. against authority. Yeah. That's baloney. <laughs> yeah. they, they be- it's like a Buddha saying, yeah. I don't believe in Buddha. Or a Muslim saying, I don't believe in uh, Muhammad. That, yep. That's just not true. I just question authority. We just question yeah. authority. They just want to They'll just want to tell you that because they know there's still enough of a pushback amongst Americans mm-hmm. that people are going to have yep. an aversion and say, what? Yep. You're a Satanist, a Satanic follower? 
most Americans are still going to have an aversion to it. So yes, they just they say, no, nah, we just use the name Satan, but we don't really believe yeah. in him. Yeah, they're, 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 they're lying. They're, they're going to convince those that are, are pretty weak in their faith yes, or no, no faith at all. Yeah. And uh, they just want to bring them over the goal. <laughs> so that the group mostly advocates for the separation of church and state and is known for attempting to get its one-ton goat-headed idol statue put next to the Ten Commandments monument on public grounds. So that's what they want to do. They want to have their, they just mark their, um, their spot, their spot in all uh, government, um, you know, at, in this public square. And Here, let them know they're alive. Here's a, here's another point that I want to make. The whole separation of church and state that that's that's a Masonic idea mm-hmm. that came from the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. It's not a Catholic idea. The Catholic, the church is teaching. There's actually mm-hmm. papal teaching that yeah. says the church and state should be united. Uh, so the the Masonic idea is a separation of church and state, mm-hmm. which shows the again the diabolical trappings of Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. The Satanists, these Satanists right here, the Freemasons believe in exactly the same thing. That's the way you destroy morality. Yep. And again, they, they, they separate church. They want to get this one ton goat headed idol statue. Yeah, one ton. That, that's that's big. It's not small. Yeah. What's a goat head? It's a depiction. It's a it, it, it's it's a depiction of Satan. Mm-hmm. For Satanists, a goat head is like for example, for us a lamb is a depiction of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or a lion is a depiction of Jesus. Mm-hmm. A goat head is a depiction of Satan, and they're always trying to push the envelope and put it where where we have Ten Commandments monuments. Yep, it's uh, they 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 keep pushing, and we got to push back. Yeah. So you people over there in uh, Salem, Massachusetts, and Boston, you need to be on your game. I think that someone else has uh, from that area. They contacted yeah, you. Yeah, and if somebody else wants yeah. to contact me from that area, go to my website jesseromero.com, Send me an email. And I'll tell you what you guys need to do to fight this. Yeah, you need to fight it. It's already written. We already wrote everything down, so I'll just send it to you. Yes. It'll be easy. Just make copies, and we'll tell you what to pray and how to fight it and how to prepare days before and everything. It's all written down. Right, and it's only going to only three hours a day for the days that they're there. Yeah. You know, 12 to 3. Those are the the times that you want to. And we'll uh, tell you why from 12 to 3 we pray. Mm -hmm. It's It's all written down. Yeah, everything's there. So the Satanic Temple had sued the city for now allowing the organization to deli- deliver an invocation before its city council meetings. Um, that was uh, here at um, Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Yeah. The website states, even though the city had never rejected anyone else's request, and both Scottsdale Mayor Jim Lane and Council Member Suzanne Clapp celebrated their efforts to prevent the Satanic Temple from delivering an invocation, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the city did not engage in unlawful discrimination. The organization said the event will be dedicated to Mayor Lane and Council Member Clapp. Hmm. That's what the the Satanists yeah. in here in Scottsdale, Scottsdale did. They dedicated their event to them. Yeah, we'll be right back. We'll continue talking about things that are affecting us in the culture. Yes. This is one of them. We're for a holy pause. Our yep. Go to holy pause. St. Cyprian, St. Cornelius, pray, pray for us. Pray for us. You hold us in your arms. Your beauty and your grace are the bright little dawn. Our Lady of Guadalupe. 
Thank you, Mother Mary, for bringing us into the show. Yes, St. Cornelius, St. Cyprian, pray, pray for us. For We're us. back, Jesus yeah. 911 Friday show. We're talking about spiritual warfare topics that affect mm-hmm. us in the culture. Again, the, sa- the mm-hmm. Satan con is back again. Yep. The article that I'm reading, it has uh, Lucian Greaves saying, the founder of the church, uh, the, the, the scheduled included events such as Satanic Jeopardy, <laughs> that's one of the things that they have in their website. Uh, the history of Satan across cultures and abortion as a religious right. So yes. that's on Saint, uh, the, the Satan Khan's website or the Satanic Temple's website. Mm-hmm. The Satanic Temple is also currently suing Boston after the city council declined to allow their group to deliver an invocation at the start of its meeting. Mm-hmm. The lawsuit was filed in 2021 after the Satanic Temple had asked to get the opening invocation on at least three times. A radio station, WBUR, reported. Instead, they were told that the council doesn't accept requests. But council policy allows each council member to invite a speaker to deliver the opening prayer before each meeting, the organization told WBUR. The organization also recently applied to have one of its flags raised in Boston after a Christian flag was raised at the Boston City Hall Plaza. A U.S. Supreme Court case had ruled Boston violated free speech rights when it refused to fly Camp Constitution flag. Mm-hmm. Although the Christian flag was raised, the Satan Satanic Temple's uh, request still has not been approved. And I hope it's never approved, yep, because we've never not. been one nation under Satan. We've always, mm-hmm. we've always been one nation under God. So that's a, a simple way of explaining it. Well, you know, as long as we, get, we elect good, solid Christian believers in these seats... In these, um, uh, and they could even be Protestants. Yeah, government, some Protestants, yeah, Protestants. are yeah, very. That's what very I'm saying. Good. It could be Protestants, Catholics, but as long as they're solid in their faith, this won't happen. Yes, they won't happen. They won't, it won't they, happen. They won't permit this to yeah, happen. Yeah, they, they won't permit it. Hey, let's move to another topic. Yes, let's go on. Father uh, uh, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, who's an exorcist from the Diocese of Washington, mm-hmm. he wrote an article. It's called Exorcist Diary. Five steps for dealing with demon brain. <laughs> and I say this because, you know, when you talk to a secular psychologist and a psychiatrist, complete seculars don't believe in God. They don't know what to do with, the, with, with demonic manifestations when they see it in a person, one of their patients. They just, they just medicate them and say this guy, well, he has mental illness. Yep. And they just basically sedate them. Because yeah. they they can't they can't conceive of the fact that an, another entity called an evil spirit, a demon, can live inside the human body and can start causing detrimental effects on the human body. So yeah. let's see what Monsignor Rossetti has to say. Yeah, let's see. So um, we have this a person by the name of James. Uh, Monsignor Rossetti is, is suffering from demonic obsessions or demonic brain. Every couple of weeks, he goes through a spell in which his thinking is strongly influenced by demons. When this happens, he becomes despairing and suicidal. Wow. He came up with a five-step process for dealing with these demonic attacks. The five steps might be helpful for anyone suffering such demonic afflictions. He was generously consented to share them with all. So let's start with the five steps. What are they? First one, recognize the beginning of a demonic attack early. So what do you do? 
once he is in the middle of a demon brain, that's what he calls it, quote unquote, he cannot recognize it and he mistakenly believes it is his real self. So he is trying to be aware of the initial signs that a demonic attack is coming before it is too late to react. The second thing that Monzina Rossetti says is reach out for help. James recognizes that he cannot deal with demon with the demons by himself. He reaches out to friends for support, his therapist for counseling, and a priest for spiritual direction and deliverance prayers. While these supports do not completely dissipate the attack, they do help him to navigate successfully the demonic onslaught. So James is doing everything that he should be yeah, doing. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. What's He's, the third? Yeah. The third one is honest and open sharing. James knows that isolation can be lethal in the midst of demonic obsessions. When demon brain hits, he has a tendency to clam up. So he intentionally tries to be open and honest about himself with his support system and what he is experiencing. So he doesn't isolate himself. So he knows that he needs to be around people, people that know his condition. Number four, reject and let it go. In the midst of demon brain, it is difficult for James to recognize that his thoughts are really demonic and not his own. Uh, nevertheless, he's trying to train himself to recognize the true source of these evil thoughts and to consciously reject them. He said, I need to reject these thoughts and let them go. Using our formula, he says, I reject, renounce, and rebuke the evil spirits of, and then name them, and in Jesus' name, I cast them out. So it's a quick RRR. Yeah. When you feel, when you feel these voices in your head that are saying things to you, and you know they're not from you, you're saying, "Wait a minute! Mm. I would never be saying these things." Right? Who's talking to me? It's a demon. Yep. And so, Father, but one of the things to do is is, is, is auto liberation mm-hmm. or self deliverance. Is say just a quick prayer. I reject, renounce, and rebuke the evil spirits of and name them. And in Jesus' name, I cast them out. Because mm-hmm. everybody has authority to, in relation to self to cast out any demons. Mm-hmm. You, everybody can do it individually yep. over yep. themselves. It's the act of the will yeah. at this. So what's the, the, the fifth one? Do things, do things I enjoy and distract myself. His demonic thoughts are dark and despairing. In the midst of demon brain, he consciously chooses to engage in activities he enjoys, such as having dinner with friends or outdoor events and or exercise. These help to elevate his mood and distract him from focusing on the evil demonic thoughts. Moreover, James does his best to continue with a strong spiritual regimen of daily prayer and sacraments. These steps are not easy for anyone who suffers from demonic Mm. obsessions especially in the midst of an assault of demon brain. But over time, he has shown the commitment and courage to do so with positive results. His attacks are shorter, less severe, and he's on the road to recovery. Yep. I have no doubt that in the future, these demonic attacks will be largely a thing of the past. In the meantime, uh, Father Rosetti says, they are actually strengthening him psychologically and spiritually. One day, he will be a battle-tested, strong spiritual warrior for Christ. Yeah, so I, you know, it's, it's there you go. I, I focus on the part where he says the prayers. He has to, 
folk, where does it? Let, I me, think let it, me bring let it me down see. here. Um, Yes, the patient's name is James James. here. Monzina Rossetti's talking about a guy named James, and James is the one that actually gave these five tips. Yes, and And that's how he Monzina Rossetti agrees with him, so he he put him down in an article. But yeah, uh, the road to recovery is going to require prayer, obviously, and it's not going to be easy to do. And the demon's going to fight you. Doesn't want you to pray because prayer is one of the great weapons to drive them away. Yeah, just like uh, Liber Christa, the monastic uh, model where they. You know, they have a prescription for these people that are afflicted and they pray three times a day. Yeah. And uh, that's how they're going to get healed. Yeah. That's, that, that, but it's the act of the will. Yeah. The only way you can heal somebody is by reordering their intellect, mm-hmm. reordering it uh, and, and reorienting it back to through, mm-hmm. through basically through, through an ordered life. Mm hmm. And it, it uh, back to God the Father through Jesus Christ, and yes. it's gonna it's gonna require uh, a disciplined life, physical, mm-hmm. intellectual, and spiritual. Yeah. Now I, I I've noticed that. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. Father Gabriel Morth and many others have said that many mm-hmm. bishops don't believe in the devil. Many many of them don't. No, they don't. They, and, and you can tell by the way a lot of statements that they make. I mean, it's this is not Father Morth says that. He did a study back in 74. He was part of a study. I think uh, the number is one-third of Catholic uh, clergy don't believe in the devil at all. There is no devil. And that mm-hmm. includes bishops and everybody yep. else. And so Bishop Dolan, who just came into the Diocese of Phoenix, he said something to me, which to me shows that he puts more emphasis in psychology than on theology. Here's what he said. And to be fair to him, I'm just going to re- read what he said, and I'm going to show you where I think that he's that I think he's wrong mm-hmm. by by putting psychiatry over theology. Mm-hmm. Bishop Dolan said the, the article said this. It's on uh, San Diego Times nine two twenty one. It says Dolan has guidance for people assisting loved ones who have experienced death by suicide. That's a good thing. First, refrain from speculating about whether a soul's in heaven or hell. That's not our call, he said. There is never a good time to speak of that. Second, don't try to be an armchair psychologist attempting to diagnose a deceased one's mental disorder. That's not what people want to hear, he said. Rather, say that you are praying with them, are there for them, or you love them, he suggests. And here's the, the, the sentence right here where Dolan ends this. He says, right. and don't over-spiritualize the death by suggesting that the person was possessed by a demon or that their death could have been prevented had they attended church. Close. That's what Bishop Dolan said. It's in the article. You could read more. I actually think, number one, but when him, by, don't over-spiritualize over-spiritualize the death by suggesting that the person was possessed by a demon. Uh, we're going to show you, we're going to quote to you some some very good sources. Demons can cause demonic uh, p- possession I mean, and, and, and suicide, mm-hmm. up, up and inclu- yes. including suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he also said, and you know, don't also say that their death could have been, pre- been prevented had they attended church. Well, no, the medical facts are, I've got them in my book, Lord, prepare my hands for battle. It's uh, there's a section I have there. It's called benefits of attending church. Mm-hmm. In there, 
you got uh, you got medical doctors saying people that go to church versus people that don't go to church, people that go to church, mm-hmm. uh, they have four times less of a probability, four times less probability to commit suicide. People that don't go to church are four, have four times a higher rate of suicide versus church-going people. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know where Bishop Dolan... Yeah. Why he said that? Well, because that look, that doesn't com- that doesn't comport with the studies. Yeah, it's something very simple. When you don't go to church, where you have a, a a vacuum. Yeah. And what what happens when you have a vacuum? There's other entities that are going to fill that. Right. You know. So. Um, well, let's let's answer his question here. Yeah. There's. No. Oh. Yeah. Here it is. There is a holy pause. Our, our holy lady. pause. Our Lady of Sorrows. So, our Virgen de Guadalupe, la Morenita. Ora por nobis. Pray for us. Yes. Yeah, we'll come back and we're going to talk about why do priests not want to talk about demonic possession? That's one thing we'll talk about. Number two, is there a medical basis for possession and exorcism? Or is it just something we believe in by faith? Good stuff. Be good stuff. Hey, we we're are back. back. Hey, family, we're back. <laughs> hey, uh, it makes it's I, it's kind of interesting the way in the first article that we shared, Monsignor Rossetti, or the second article, he I, I've never heard him, never heard somebody say it that way. He says uh, demonic obsessions or demon brain, because demonic obsession de, de, obsessions means mental attacks. Mm-hmm. But Monsignor Rossetti calls it demon brain. He's a psychiatrist. I mean, so you know, I'm not going to question his credentials. Uh, and he says uh, when this happens, demon brain or demonic obsessions, he becomes people become despairing and suicidal. So the question, uh, you know, Bishop Dolan says, well, now you can't over spiritualize this and say that this is, uh, you know, this is uh, demonic. Yeah, well, you know, Ma- Monsignor Rossetti mm-hmm. disagrees with him. Right, right. There's been people that and yeah, I know we're going to read some here, some personal a family member, well, family member, who tried to commit suicide. And he says, the voices a, a told few, me to do it. A few times. Yeah, a few times. Twice. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the voice told me to kill myself. So what does that mean? That's demon brain. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so let's ask, answer some of these questions. Why do priests not want to talk about demon possession? Even when it's mentioned in the gospel readings at Mass. They give a humanist answer like, oh, the person just had epilepsy or... Or, or it's it's mental illness, and they didn't have medication at the time. Well, that's a way to 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 just there, what what is the answer? It. What What's is the, the answer? answer? The, here's the answer: They have not taught about they were they they have not been taught about the devil in seminary after Vatican II, at, which ended in 1965. Just you you just have to ask any priest who has graduated from the seminary. After Vatican II, and they will verify this. This is a tactic tactic of the devil called modernism. I'm sure you all have heard of that. In other words, the theology of modernism, <clears throat> also known as liberalism, teaches that the devil is some medieval teaching that is outdated and no longer relevant today. What does Father Gabriel Morth said? The Vatican exorcist, he says... Who passed away in 2016. Right, what a loss. 
Uh, one out of three theologians, he said, this is what he says, one out of three theologians does not believe in the existence of Satan. That, that includes bishops, wow. too. Including bishops, yeah. yep. Almost two out of three believe in his existence, but not in his practical actions and refuse to take it into account in pastoral activity. So this leaves little room. <clears throat> Where am I? <laughs> Oh, so this leaves little room for those who believe in and try to act accordingly. The few exceptions are forced to act against the tide and often are ridiculed and ostracized by the rest of the clergy. These statistics were gathered in West Germany in 1974 and were published in the Concilium, an exorcist more story. Yeah, uh, you can find that yeah, on page 17 of his book. Yeah, and... and Father Gabriel Morth's story. It's called uh, An Exorcist, mm-hmm. More, More Stories, Stories by Ignatius mm-hmm. Press. What we, we, just, we, we just read right there. Yeah. C.S. Lewis said in his book, Mere Christianity, in Letter mm-hmm. 7, mm-hmm. Screwtape was a senior demon, and he mm-hmm. tells his, his young protege, a junior demon, that the most effective thing he can do to bring souls to hell is to convince people that Satan does not even exist. Yeah. So, I, what's know, the I next question? I think a lot of times want? theologians don't want to believe in in Satan or, or the devils because they want to continue living uh, a double life. I think that's a, a good way of, uh, of... I think a lot uh, of it is, too. They're just embarrassed of being yep. Catholics. They're, they yeah, got, that's they got that a, they're, they're They got a Ph.D. Uh, their neighbors maybe have Ph.D.s in science, biology, mm. chemistry, math. Yeah. And they feel embarrassed. Their neighbor says, oh, so yeah, you know, we're all sophisticated, you know, tea-drinking mm-hmm. doctors, you know. So... You believe in the devil? Uh, well, yeah. I actually think it just, they're just shamed mm-hmm. by secular academics. Yep. And it's just, they don't want to deal with the pressure. So they just say, you know what? That's probably just a middly, medieval understanding, but I really don't embrace that. I think they're just embarrassed because they can't defend the proposition, well, which is easy. It's, it's, it's pretty easy to defend. Because and that's a form of denial. Denial because of God. All the major, like, okay. all the major religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, mm-hmm. have all believed in the devil. So it's just not like Roman Catholic Christians believe in the devil. I mean, the 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 mass, the general mm-hmm. consensus of the people on planet Earth, Muslims, all Muslims, Jews, Protestants, Orthodox, and Catholics have always believed in the devil and demons. Yeah. So. I don't know why people are like, oh, I'm embarrassed. You know, I got a PhD, and I, it's, it's, just, it's just kind of embarrassing <laughs> to say that. Oh, well. well they, so what's the next yeah. question? Well, what's the next question? Let's move on. Is there a medical basis for possession and exorcism, or is this just something we believe in by faith? Yes, there's two articles, Absolutely. three books, the testimony of St. Father de Pio and a case study of a possessed woman. So let me give you all the data here. Uh, is there a medical basis for possession and exorcism? Mm-hmm. Number one. In the documentary, The Devil and Father of Morth, you can see, you can watch it on, you know, on Prime or on, anything. On Prime or one of those channels. Mm-hmm. You have several psychiatrists who now recognize demonic possession. In fact, there was a round table of them. That they, they, it's called Disassociative Identity Disorder mm-hmm. slash Demonic Possession. The second piece of evidence. The new DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the fifth edition, has a number of changes to it, a number of changes to disassociative disorders, including 
possession. It's in their book. It's in their book. <laughs> also, an academic book was written for psychiatrists and psychologists by an exorcist called Introduction, Introduction to the Science of Mental Health by Father Chad Ripperger. It's uh, it's again, it's 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 a it's a book written for it's medical doctors. Yes. <laughs> Number four, yet another academic book on the topic entitled "Glimpses of the Devil: A Psychiatrist's Personal Accounts of Possession, Exorcism, Redemption" by M. Scott Peck, M.D. Mm. He's a Protestant, uh, but he's also. Without a doubt, he's also seen in his practice people that were possessed, which mm -hmm. caused them to write this book. Mm -hmm. And then also, the fifth book that shows that there's a complete nexus uh, between, a there's a nexus between, uh, you know, there's a medical basis for possession and exorcism. Mm -hmm. There's a book called True or False Possession. It's put out by Sophia Press. It's written by do a, a doc medical doctor, Dr. Jean Lermiti, and in the book she argues how to distinguish the demonic from the demented, and this is exactly yeah. what she's parsing in the book. But Saint Father Pio also had something very interesting to say, Anita, about yeah, about Father, this topic. Yeah, Saint Father Pio, he was was convinced that many persons who admitted to psychiatric hospitals and who remained there during their entire natural life were in reality possessed by the demons, and an exorcism would have been enough to cure them. There, see? This is also confirmed by the great apostle of psychiatric illnesses, the Spanish Carmelite Francis Palau. Who's going through canonization right now, by the way. Yes. Um, in the hospital in which he worked, see, this is a Carmelite Francis Palau, he exercised all the patients, curing many of them. This tells us something interesting. Psychiatric symptoms and diabolical symptoms assume very similar forms. That story can be found in Father Amorth's book, page 86. <laughs> An exorcist explains the demonic. Yeah, that is interesting. So he probably went down the hall with the Blessed Sacrament, right? Yeah, and, and the right of, and the right of exorcism, exorcism, probably. Yeah. Wow, that's... Here's another piece of evidence that shows you that there's a medical basis to possession. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, 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 not, it's not a myth. Uh, the famous case of Annalise Michel, who was possessed in, over in Bavaria, Germany. Mm -hmm. In her final months, Annalise Michel insisted on many occasions that she was not allowed to eat, and she was very adamantly opposed to going to, to a, the physician or a hospital because she believed that they would declare her mentally ill and place her in a mental illness facility. The demons admitted it was their desire, in an exorcism, they admitted mm -hmm. that it was their desire to have Annalise in a mental institution. Why? There, she would not have the benefits of the priest and the exorcism prayers, and they would, they would thus be able to torment her more freely, and she would be out of the public view, where the world would not have been aware of her possession and sufferings. Wow. Father Ripperger also has a, a lot to say about yeah. The, this. Yeah, what does he say? He says... This, this by the way, yeah, is in his book, The Science of Mental Health. Yes, it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty... Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to as much as we can yeah, before the next segment. Go ahead. So it says, the demonic can cause changes to a man. The demons cannot act directly upon the soul or upon the higher faculties of the soul, such as the intellect and the will. Angels 
and demons cannot move or coerce uh, the will of man directly, but must move the will of man indirectly by affecting what occurs in the imagination. Demons are not the cause of sin, except indirectly. Since the demons can act upon the body, they can therefore affect those faculties which act through a bodily organ. By affecting a bodily organ, the cognitive power, cogitative power, cogitative power the imagination, the memory, the common sense power, the senses, and the appetites. Angels and demons can act upon the body by causing locomotion, which means which means the act or power of moving. Ah, so angels Since and demons can move body, body parts. parts. Watch what mm-hmm. Father Ripperger says. Watch. Since the body is made up of parts, they can affect chemical arrangements within the body. The mo- the movement of locomotion would also imply within the brain that they are able to cause certain electrical synoptic operations by moving the chemicals which make them possible for the angels and demons to cause apparitional imaginings. They can cause images in our imaginations, and this is also why they are said to cause dreaming. This is fascinating. Yes, it fascinating. is. It is. When you That's think that I'm an angel... reading or... it slowly so you can just yeah. absorb what I'm reading. Cause... Yeah. This is found in Father's book. Uh, it's called The Science of Mental Health. And uh, it's just, it just it, this is mind-blowing what an angel and a demon can do. And the pressure of demons is here. Yes. Amen. Your beauty and your grace are the bright little dawn. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. So tenderly you hold us in your arms. We're back, family. Yeah. We're talking about the way... Uh, Sometimes there's people that deny. A lot of people don't even believe in the devil. Even a lot of our clergy. Mm-hmm. There's at least a third of them, according to Father Father Amorth, in a study that he was involved in. And you, you'll, you'll see a lot of our clergy put more emphasis on psychology and psychiatry than they, than they do in monastic practices of prayer and penance. So we're reading here from from Father Ripperger. There's a book that's called The Science of Mental Health. It's an academic book. It's not one of those, you know easy reading books it's Mm -hmm. a it's dense it's uh (laughs) eight font uh it's not easy to read it's full of academic words where you're gonna have to be flipping a dictionary every every two minutes but he talks here about the way angels and demons has wonderful information yeah they're able to to move the the parts the chemicals they can move the chemical arrangements within the body mm-hmm. i mean i read this like when i got this book like 10 years ago i read it i was absolutely floored when i i didn't know this i had no idea because every time you hear and you'll see secular psychiatrists can't can make the make the connections they said oh yeah this person has mental illness yeah he has a chemical imbalance oh. you'll hear that all i've heard it all my life <laughs> yep the person, yeah, he needs to have, be on this medication because he has a chemical mm-hmm. imbalance. That's all they say. So give him dope. Give him, you know, Pfizer, yep. Moderna, whatever. So we can balance them out. Yeah. But the, but the thing is that they don't realize that the demon can once again just move the chemicals after the, the medication mm-hmm. restores them to normalcy. 
the demon could just move things around and make and make them again start playing with their imagination and their cogitative power because it's 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 spiritual it's not going to be healed by a pill Mm-mm. so this is what father ripperger's talking about my wife's going to continue sharing father ripperger's deep dive into what angels and demons can do to a human person yeah so he continues it's he says it should be remembered that this motion is not just in the interior senses the brain but also in the passions, the emotions. They can cause physical illness since they can move the matter within the body, which would cause indispositions, making one either susceptible to the certain illness. We can suffer many different kinds of ailments due to their influence. In the psychological realm, the primary way the angels and demons affect man is by moving his imagination. They do so by causing emotion in the imagination which begets a phantasm. For example, ghost, delusion, apparition, in the imagination. St. Thomas Aquinas observes that this occurs by the angels and demons forming an image in the imagination by moving the bodily organ. Yet, they can only cause a phantasm which has something prior in memory. Example, uh, they must use prior sense data. So whatever is already in there, they can use that. Well, they can form phantasms, which we have never seen before. Nevertheless, they must use the data stored in the memory to create a new image. Since the data must be stored somewhere, I hope I'm not boring you. (laughs) (laughs) Since the data must be stored somewhere, Normally, this is to be understood I as the data my CPAP last stored night. in memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, that's, that's, that's a secrets. Secrets.com. Family secrets. <laughs> Family Yeah, I should have wore it last night. I'm, I'm, paying, I'm paying the price for it this morning. Go ahead. So, okay. So, since the data must be stored somewhere, normally this is to be understood as the data stored in memory since it is the only faculty that can store sense data. This means that the angels and demons can, can use our past sense experience. As for the angels, it is a way to incite us to do the right thing by moving our experience doing the right thing. To, to move our, mem- our, our memory. memory, to place something, something in the imagination, which corresponds to joy or something of this sort when we experience doing the right thing. Sorry, I skipped the line. Yeah. Moreover, they can help us to remember what we have been taught so that we will be moved to do the right thing. This is why devotion to the, to the guardian angels must be fostered by all the faithful. The angels can assist in calling to mind those things which will aid us in overcoming our bad moral habits or the memories that the demons are using to lead us into sin. That's why we should pray the, the chaplet of uh, St. Michael's chaplet. Right, because it's you're calling in all the angels, and all of them have a specific task to do. So they, if you pray for them, they're going to help cover those things that are happening in your life, right? Yeah, the Saint Michael, the Archangel Chaplet. Chaplet. Mm-hmm. You're you're invoking them through the Blessed Virgin Mary. She's sending out each angels. of the choirs of angels. angels, and remember, there's the demons also. When they fell from angels to demons, mm-hmm. they maintained their choir or their classification of their rank. So as you send out the virtues, you know, dominations, cherubim, 
if you're being attacked mm-hmm. and everybody's being attacked by a certain choir of demon, as you do the chaplet of, of yes. St. Michael the Archangel, as, you're, as she's deploying all the nine choirs, one of them is going to be the exact angel that you need to protect you because it, to counter the demon that mm-hmm. fell from that choir. Right, right. Yeah. So let me just uh, just repeat the sentence. The angels can assist in calling to mind those things which will aid us in overcoming our bad moral habits or the memories that the demons are using to lead us into sin. With respect to the demonic, our memory is a minefield, so to speak. Hmm. The demons can use our past experiences against us by moving the memory, um, the memory, by moving the bodily organ to recall past sins, so that they can form a temptation for us. Now I'm going to uh, yeah. start there. Yes, that's there. that's scary. When I read yeah, that ten scary. years ago, mm-hmm. I never knew that. There was my mind was so, yes. This is there was this is high level. This mm-hmm. is high high level theology. I mean, this is deep stuff. Yeah. I would never have even thought that this was possible. Read those last yes. two sentences again. Yes. This is so deep. What? Yes. With respect to the demonic, our memory is a minefield, so to speak. The demons can use our past experiences against us by moving the memory, example, by moving bodily organ, to recall past sins so that they can form a temptation for wow. us. See? Um, yeah, so that's, they, they can literally move. And But th- I'm not saying this to scare you or to... And, and and don't also... This is not an excuse to say, well, that's why I'm a sinner. That's why I watch porn and masturbate every day. No, no, no. Yes, there are pride demons that are moving the bodily organ uh, so that you can fall into those sins, but you can resist because yep. you have free will. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Yes, they can move the bodily organ. St. Thomas says that. Mm-hmm. And they can and they can make it so that you have an inclination to something, but you can fight it. And that's right. where you build virtue. That's how you right. become holier. It's in that absolutely, battle. Absolutely. And this is why... Experienced spiritual writers often warn against sin because the remembrance of the sin can be used against us. Two things must be done to block the demonic in this respect. Number one, avoid sin as much as possible so that so that they do not have the sense data to use against the directee or the psychologist for that matter. And number two, do those things which will merit the grace of forgetfulness. St. Thomas Aquinas is clear that the angels and demons cannot create sense, sense data in our minds that is not there. The relationship between sin and the impact it has in our memory cannot be ignored. Everything we do in our lives will either dispose us to vice or virtue. The good or bad angels can lead us to doing good or bad. It depends on us and what we are willing to do with the free will God gives us, gave us. It is a choice that we must t- make every day in regard to which ma- which master we serve. Will it be God, the devil, or ourselves? The devil does not take the place of the soul, the possessed person. He does not give life to the body, but without our knowing how he gets control of the body, takes residence in it either in the cerebellum 
large portion of the brain Mm -hmm. serving to coordinate movements, posture, and balance, or the bowels, part of the intestine. You'll always see possessed persons Mm -hmm. always saying, he's here, it's right here, it's right here somewhere, Mm -hmm. my stomach. Yeah, you see it's moving, I feel it. And in every case, the nervous system, you'll see there. Mm -hmm. Thus he deprives, the demon deprives the soul of its normal mastery over the limbs and body. He distorts the face into a strange demonic cast, which expresses his fury and frustration, his pride, his purposes, and when under the hammer of exorcism, his suffering. Now here's the questions people probably have. If a priest is doing a deliverance or an exorcism and he's in if he's in mortal sin, is he is it dangerous for him or is he protected because of his uh, the great the holy orders? Nope. A priest in mortal sin is fair game. If he's doing deliverance, mm-hmm. minor exorcisms or major exorcisms, his unconfessed sins are an open book to the demons and he will be retaliated against. Yep. Here's the last question. Can a demonic affliction affect the psychological? Yes. The demons go after the psychological. Mm -hmm. What does the psychological mean? The dictionary.com says psychological pertaining to the mind or to mental phenomena as a subject matter of psychology or pertaining to dealing with or affecting the mind, especially as a function of awareness, feeling, or motivation. Father Gabriel Amorth, he says... Diabolical obsession is mental discomfort. Symptoms include sudden attacks at times ongoing of obsessive thoughts like pornography, violence, mm-hmm. lust, hate, anger, blasphemy against what is holy that the victim is unable to free themselves of. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the person lives in a perpetual state of desperation, prostration, and attempts at suicide. Almost always obsession influences your dreams. Only an expert in a well-trained eye can identify the differences between obsession and mental illness. Some symptoms are so inconsistent with known illnesses that they, that they point with certainty to the evil origins. Father Ripperger, he says, the victims of diabolical obsession are unable to free themselves. These compulsive, obsessive thoughts affect even their dreams. Mm-hmm. He says in the science of mental health, both good and bad angels can cause dreams. It is for this reason that the church has always cautioned people about interpreting dreams. Father Ripperger says about 25% of people are diabolically obsessed in the United States. Wow. Well, that's... That's a wrap. That's revealing, yes. This is 9 with the Jesse and Anita, and we are out. Yes, this is it. Yep, uh, and have a great weekend. God bless you. Go to Mass this Sunday. Be holy or die trying. And uh, remember, spiritual warfare is not demon-centered. It is Christ-centered. Yep, Christ-centered. Yep. Live in a state of grace. Yes. Friendship with Christ. Keep your eyes on Jesus.